We'll take our text from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 23. Hebrews eleven twenty-three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. It's our privilege to honor and celebrate mothers today. Mothers have a special role, not just in the home, but in society. Fathers do too, but that's for another day. I know mothers are important because when I hear kids refer to their parents, it's usually mom and dad rather than dad and mom. And when you become grandparents, if God blesses you to be so, you will hear grandma and grandpa rather than grandpa and grandma. When they come and spend the night, they spend the night at grandma's house. And my grandkids have heard me reply, well, I live there too, but it's still grandma's house. Well, mother's impact on not just their own children, but upon other children, can't be overstated. I've learned that from Debbie, who grew up in, in a home where her mother was a Christian. But she was heavily impacted by the lives of her grandmothers, Grandma Brown, who I, I knew she passed away not too long after we were married, and then Grandma Friesen, who I knew better because she lived a bit longer after we were married. And Debbie adored her grandmothers. Grandma Friesen in particular would often stay with us. But it was more than her grandmas and grandpas. There were her, her aunts. You've heard me mention that before. Aunts on the Brown side, including Sister Joan, who's here today. But she was close to her Aunt Ellen, her Aunt uh, Bessie, who most of you don't know unless you're a little older. And then also Dina Friesen, her Aunt Dina, who many of you do know. Uh, she was close to, uh, very close to Aunt Dina and still is somewhat to her children. And then there was another uh, sister as well, Carol, who uh, Debbie loved. But then also on the Friesen side, her mother's sister, Many of you don't know Lois Parker, but you know Byron Parker. Aunt Lois passed away maybe the year before we were married. I'm not sure. She was perhaps 44 years old, so quite young. But uh, Debbie loved her and was heavily influenced by her. So you, you see that mothers have impact, and that impact is no a small thing. Another mother is Sister Sylvia Phillips. Debbie lived with the Phillips family. In fact, it was Mother's Day, 1974, when I first met Debbie, or she had the privilege of, of meeting me. I showed up at, at uh, their house on that Mother's Day, a brand new convert, so new I didn't know what a convert was or that I was a convert, but I'd had a very dramatic conversion, not knowing what to call it. But uh, they, Brother Earl, Sister Sylvia, 
And uh, Debbie was there. Linda Zetter still lived, or no, did not live there. She had recently been married. But Mark and Linda were there. Lisa DeBusk uh, was there, not married, obviously. So a whole gang of them and other uh, siblings as well. Uh, Debbie helped with dinner. I, I did, I did notice her, uh, and I'm told she noticed me. But uh, that's for another day. This is Mother's Day. Uh, we'll cover that at Valentine's Day. Anyway, uh, with respect to those who impacted Debbie, she she could contrast and testifies about that, the lives of these mothers who served God with the lives of others she knew who, who were not serving the Lord. And she was influenced. If you mothers think you don't have influence, you, you do. And it's not just in your own home, it's outside your home. And I dare say many of these mothers didn't know the impact they were having on my wife, but uh, it, was a, it was a great impact. Uh, she wanted to follow uh, suit. Well, in this account, uh, you, you heard from Exodus that Moses was, at his birth, viewed as a goodly child. In Hebrews, I just read, a proper child. When Stephen preached in Acts 7, he was noted as being exceeding fair, so, you know, that's quite a compliment. Any one of us would like to think that we were viewed that way. But you were. When you were born, your mother smiled, and she thought you were a proper, exceptional, goodly, and exceeding fair child. If nobody else did, your mother did. She, she knew that. In this case, uh, Jochebed, Moses' mother, uh, had a sense that this child was uh, set for a, a destiny that, that was very special, very unique. And that, that really could be said of every, every child. God has a plan. Uh, you're not just a, a random uh, happening. God had a plan for you while you were yet in your mother's womb. Even at birth, uh, your mother did not know what that plan was, but you can be sure uh, there was a sense of destiny. Uh, God has a role for you that only you can fill. And that, that's special. So that, that was the case here. It, it's possible that she had a, a stronger sense than that, given what we know occurred later in Moses' life. But uh, we have Moses uh, born... And after three months, he, he could not be hid any longer at that time. There was an edict from Pharaoh. We might call him the king. Pharaoh is a title rather than a name. But either way, that all the Hebrew babies at their birth should be cast into the river, Nile. So when Jochebed saw Moses, she... Uh, knew that there was a, a special uh, assignment or task ahead for him. So she conceived a plan uh, whereby she would take that baby and put him in a waterproof basket, set him on, on the edge of the, the bank of the Nile River where there were these bulrushes so the current wasn't so swift uh, right in there. But more than that, 
she, she was a clever woman. Uh, most mothers are. They have to be to survive. And she knew that Pharaoh's daughter uh, went to that spot perhaps every day uh, to bathe. And so she didn't just select that spot randomly. Uh, she, she was not casting the child or committing the child to the river. And actually, she wasn't committing the child to the princess either. She was committing the child to God. And so, so every mother does so. And as you heard, she assigned Moses' older sister. Moses had a brother that was three years older, Aaron. You know about him. And a sister older than that, Miriam. Perhaps she was, well, she was old enough to fill that task. Eight, nine, ten, twelve. I don't know. But she stood, stood by and, and she watched and she watched as this baby, uh, we like to think that uh, Jochebed uh, fed baby Moses. And you know he was a proper child if, if it took three months for him to cry and create a disturbance. But either way, she fed him, placed him in the basket, in the river, and then he was watched. The princess went and heard perhaps a commotion. The baby was hungry again and... Uh, uncovered the basket, and there was Moses crying and needed attention. And Miriam quickly asked, shall I go uh, find a nurse of the Hebrews to take care of him? And the princess agreed, so she went and called the child's mother, as you heard, and uh, she took care of, of the baby. But, but we find that we already have two mothers in this account. And there were some similarities between the two mothers. There's the adoptive mother, the princess, and the birth mother, Jochebed. The similarities in include Pharaoh's daughter. With her, we, we see compassion. You heard it. She opened that basket, saw the child, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him. She knew the edict. She knew, she knew that her father had determined that these Hebrew babies were to be destroyed. This was clearly a Hebrew baby. She knew that. But uh, her father's edict notwithstanding, her heart reached out uh, to, to this baby, and she uh, thought to herself, there, there's, herself, there's no way. I'm not going to destroy uh, this baby. I just... I. I I'd like to keep out of I just these thoughts come through my mind with regard to uh, current uh, events, and you wonder where compassion is uh, in this world uh, toward uh, situations similar to that. Uh, but I, I try to avoid it. So I, I kind of went there delicately, but I'm going away from there. Uh, she had uh, compassion upon this baby and, and thought, I, I want to care for him. And that's another quality that we see that's a good quality. We don't want to assume that this princess was never a godly woman. You know, some, in some cases, the child heavily influenced the parent. And the parent turns to God as a result of the life of the child. 
Who knows? We'll find out in, in eternity. But we know that she had this uh, quality about her, her that was caring uh, because we see that the child grew. We don't know how, how much the child grew. At what point uh, he grew in the care of his mother, his, his birth mother, after she was sought, Jacobed, uh, to nurse the child. And the child grew. We, we heard read in Exodus 20 or, or 2.10. And she, Jochebed, uh, brought him back now to the house of Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. So at some level, he was, she was mother to, to him. She spent some time with the birth mother and some time eventually with the adoptive mother. Oftentimes it's the adoptive mother uh, that, that is godly and that is compassionate and that is caring. What do you think inspires the adoptive mother to adopt a child? In this case, it was the, the, the birth mother who had those qualities and were uncertain in the beginning where the princess stood before God. She grew up in an Egyptian home. The Egyptians had many gods. Uh, the Egyptians had no reverence for the Hebrew, uh, Hebrews or for the Hebrew God. Whereas uh, Jochebed grew up in a Hebrew home. And in a Hebrew home, they, they were taught from childhood to uh, worship the God of heaven, the creator, one God. It was no news to Moses when many years later he went up to the mount and received the Ten Commandments. I'm, uh, I'm wondering as I uh, ponder these things, if he didn't think within, within himself as he listened to the Ten Commandments in particular, but other teachings that uh, were giving, given later on, and he thought to himself, well, I, I heard that growing up. My mother taught me that there was one God. My mother uh, taught me to remember uh, or, or to observe the Sabbath day so that years later he was told, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, my mother uh, told me, thou shalt not uh, covet, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, and thou shalt have one God and only one God. This was not news to him. It would have been news to, jo uh, to, to the princess. So heaven will be interesting. We'll learn things that we never knew. We will find that some of our assumptions here on earth about things and people were misplaced. So I don't want to assume one, one way or the other with respect to the princess or Jochebed, but we do know in, in Jochebed we see, we see courage. We see, we see her character. We see her, her clarity of, uh, of purpose. She was clear in her devotion to God. She, she grew up a Hebrew child and, and then young lady. 
So that, that being the case, she, she was of the tribe of Levi, so she knew that, that Levi was one of the twelve sons of Jacob, who was a descendant of Isaac, who was a descendant of Abraham, who received uh, the covenant that, that God's people uh, were, uh, the Hebrew people, were a special people, and those who blessed them would be blessed, and that through the descendants of a descendant of Abraham and later of David, all the families of the earth would be blessed. She, she understood that, and uh, after I said we won't assume, we're going to assume that she had enough time as the child grew to instill some of these uh, principles in the heart uh, of Moses so that he went to the palace he saw the contrast between what he was taught and what was being taught in the palace, just the same as our uh, kids can see the contrast between uh, what they're taught from the Bible at home and at church and what they're taught in government schools or in society in general, for the most part. And we thank God for our school teachers, by the way, who are Christians who uh, try to wade through the nonsense that uh, exists these days to uh, somehow uh, distinguish themselves as God-fearing people. She would have been taught that the seed of the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, but the seed of the woman, the seed of a mother, would bruise the serpent's head. And always in the Bible, there's the conflict between good and evil, between God and Satan. So the conflict we see in the background here is the determination of Satan to destroy the Hebrew race from whom a savior would emerge eventually. Jochebed was clear in her devotion to God. And Jochebed's uh, character was exemplary. She was a woman of faith. Those are the first two words we read from the text, by faith. They took that baby and committed her to God more than the river or to the princess. She, and, and that, that was evidence of her faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Where faith exists, there is always evidence of that faith. We cannot see the faith of one another, but we see evidence of one another's faith. And we see the evidence of her faith, which was a demonstrative of her holy character. We see her courage. She was not afraid of the king's commandment. She had respect, we believe, because the Bible teaches us so, uh, for authority, but reverence for God. And when the conflict emerged between uh, the authority of this world and the authority of God, she deferred without question, without hesitation to the authority of God. So must we, by the grace of God. We want to respect authority. My mother taught me uh, respect for authority when I was a troublemaker on the, on the school bus that I rode every day for about six miles or whatever to uh, to school from our home. And I was kind of mischievous. Well, to the point where the school bus driver gave me an assigned seat. 
second seat. Surprised she wanted me that close to her, but she wanted to keep track of me. And uh, I remember also the seventh grade when the teacher wasn't happy with me and gave me on my report card in those days uh, an N-I. There was an S, satisfactory. There was a U, unsatisfactory. I didn't get a U. I mean, you got to give me credit for that. But I got a new needs improvement. But my mother taught me. Uh, she didn't go to the bus driver. Beverly Christian was her name. I wrote her a letter after I was saved and apologized for my uh, untoward behavior when I rode her school bus year after year after year. <laughs> I guess that's pretty tame by now. Uh, today's standards, but anyway, uh, apologize uh, for that. But my mother, do you think she, uh, when she got word of my misbehaving, uh, went back and, oh, don't you trouble my little Daryl? No. No, even if I was right, I was wrong. You don't have to like authority, but... The authority that exists is God-ordained. And you subject yourself to it and you are blessed of God. You resist it and you lose the favor of God. So in this case, uh, Jochebed was not afraid of, of the king's commandment. So she had uh, courage to uh, instill that uh, in Moses uh, as a youngster. And you'd like to think that it was her good choices that helped Moses to later make good choices when he, he refused to be the con, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He did some refusing and he, he did some choosing. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He left the palace and the luxury of being pampered and went out uh, with his people and served them with the rigors that that would entail takes courage to declare yourself uh, to be a Christian. There's no such thing as a closet Christian, no such thing as a secret Christian. You must make a declaration. You must let it be known. And any public or verbal declaration is the result of a nonverbal, a private decision on your part. that I'm going to serve God. That's what Moses did. His birth mother had done that. It was an influence. And I, I like to think uh, that his adoptive mother later did that as referenced earlier when uh, she saw the, the young man that he was becoming. I wonder uh, if she ever sought her dad's approval. I'm going to ado adopt this Hebrew baby. Uh, I, I, I think he would have said, no, destroy the baby. She didn't. And when he was come to years, there comes a point in time where you must choose. You cannot waffle. You must choose. Your mother chose, we pray. And if she didn't, you choose, and you will impact your mother. Either way, he chose to embrace uh, the reproach, the stigma <laughs> your friends are not going to adore you because you choose to separate yourself and declare, I want to make heaven. I see the recompense of reward. I want to make the goal. I want to see my mother by now. His birthing mother, no doubt, had passed away. But he chose to, to serve God. 
May God help us to choose to serve him. It took, it took courage for him to go up to the mount. But he went. And he came back and provided uh, what we know as the Ten Commandments uh, written by the finger of God on uh, two tables of, of stone. But uh, I like to think that they had already been written uh, on his heart at the knee of his mother. And Moses, much of the teachings we have, you, you wonder how much is divine revelation? Well, it was divine revelation, but it was also at the feet of his mother. Well, we have the parental charge given by Moses. came from God, but he relayed it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, and might. And these words which I command thee this day, Moses said, shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. The best place for a child and youth to learn the precepts of God's word is in the sanctity of of a God-fearing home where mother and father not only teach it, but live it. They, they see and, and hear, but, but they see more than hear. It does no good to tell your child, remember to pray if they never see you pray. Remember to read your Bible if they never hear you read the Bible. Remember to go to church if you don't go to church. Our children will model our behavior. We pray if it's good behavior. Well, they'll model our behavior either way. We're the example. It's not what we say, it's what they see. They will follow. They're more likely to follow what they see. May God help us and be challenged to uh, be the mothers God intended us to be, and the fathers as far as that goes, and grandparents and aunts and uncles God uh, would have us to be. A child growing up in a home where harmony and love exists, we'll we'll see that as normal and pray to have the same. The child who grows up living in a state of disharmony and discord will assume that that's the way it is for everyone. It's not the way it is for everyone. We are challenged to be holy ourselves and to live in a manner where that a God-fearing example is set so that we might inspire not only our children and our own relatives, but the friends of our children and, and relatives. And uh, in the end, we'll make heaven. We hope to see, uh, expect to see Jochebed there, and we hope to see Pharaoh's daughter there, and hope to see one another there. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day to mothers.